We need shelter. First thing we seek, if we were in the Stone Age, you and I, we would seek food and then we would seek shelter. You cannot create an Amazon and Alibaba and take it away. You're just not going to. I promise you, you won't be able to do that because we always will need shelter, some sort of shelter. Welcome everybody to episode 254 of the Real Estate Rundown. In this episode, Chris Salerno and I are talking about how QC Capital has become a well-respected multifamily investment company based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and how Chris has started in the real estate journey. In this episode, we'll also discuss what markets he's invested in, how he's done that, what asset types he's invested in, how you can pick those as well. We also wanna talk about why multifamily is important in our economy and why we believe it will stay strong in the months to come. So if you're looking to learn more about stability, cash flow, leverage, and asset appreciation at a higher return, Chris has all this information you're gonna need to get and you're gonna to wanna to stay tuned. You're gonna to wanna to tune into this episode and we're going to walk through that with Chris in the next episode of the Real Estate Rundown. Welcome to the RobNet Real Estate Rundown Podcast, where Shannon RobNet has handpicked industry experts to discuss all aspects of investing in the real estate world and seeks to help all real estate investors improve their education and their proven strategies to grow their real estate journeys. Now, here's your host. Guys, welcome back to episode 254 of the Real Estate Rundown. Uh, our guest today is a gentleman that I've had the opportunity to get to know over the last year and a half. His name is Chris Salerno. Chris, say hi to everybody. Hey, thanks for allowing me to be on here. Very excited to add value to everybody and all your listeners. Chris, as I know from our conversations, you always add value. So brother, Thank I you. am really super excited about this, but let's, let's give a little quick bio here. I'm going to try and do it some justice, and then I want you to fill in some blanks for me. I will. But I you're will. an investor based in Charlotte, North Carolina. You, your target market is all over uh, the country, including Florida, and Texas. You believe in real estate investing. It's the best building block to financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear more about that. You're a firm believer in the affirmations uh, exemplified by notes personally placed around every corner of your house. I didn't know this about you, so I'm excited to hear more about this. And I want you to help us understand how you got your start from really where you came up to where you're at now and why you relocated to Charlotte. So Chris, tell us more about these the, your, your, your early real estate career and what brought you to where you're at. Yeah, I love it. And thank you again for having me on. So uh, I'm originally from South Florida, Fort Lauderdale to be exact. I grew up in a duplex. I shared a bedroom with my grandmother and my father and mother was in the other uh, room and it was a two bedroom, one bathroom duplex. I didn't grow up having money. I always say my parents taught me what not to do because they spent money like it was water coming out of uh, the shower faucet. It was unbelievable. And so they taught me as I grew up what not to do and how not to budget. And so when, when I'm learning that, uh, I, just, I was just so shocked. But I think early on, I was so intrigued with real estate, the design, uh, living in Florida, uh, you know, close to the beach, you've seen crazy buildings. Even now, the design is different. It's always different. It's always changing. But what really sucked me in uh, was I moved uh, from Fort Lauderdale to Orlando, and then I moved up here to Charlotte around 14 years ago and moved up here to make sure I was with family. And, and what really drawed me in was it, it's a necessity. 
We need shelter. First thing we seek, if we were in the Stone Age, you and I, we would seek food and then we would seek shelter. You cannot create an Amazon and Alibaba and take it away. You're just not going to. I promise you, you won't be able to go to do that because we always will need shelter, some sort of shelter. So I realized that early on, and uh, I actually I attended uh, uh, Winthrop University. I was a Division One track athlete. I left after a year and a half because college was not for me. And the funny thing is, is, is this is my fifth year mentoring their business department, and they said, just don't tell them you dropped out. And I always right. joke and I say, I won't ruin your clientele. Well, you know, I'm the same way. I mean, I was, I was yeah. in, uh, in computer information systems in 93, you know, when that was the hot thing. And oh, yeah. you know, I made it about a semester and then my professors told me I had to show up and I had to participate. And I was like, you know, I got, I got other things to do. And, and looking back, I don't miss it. Uh, yeah. You know, I haven't missed it. Uh, we've been involved with some amazing things with the college, kind of like you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, they don't let me teach class. I think they're afraid I won't show up again. So. <laughs> oh my. Uh, well, I would attend that class uh, because I think the best way to learn is is self-taught. I think it's trial and error. That's the quickest way I learn. And you know, I just what made it a turning point for me is when I was man. It was mandatory to take a walking class, where I had to walk around campus to write an essay, and I said you're ridiculous. Like that's, and that really, uh, I, I just, I, it took me over the edge. So I, uh, I then ended up working two jobs and, um, and I was telling, um, my uh, better half the other day, my fiance that, uh, when I was working, I actually worked one job at Olive Garden and you know, the aprons, I would have flashcards because I was studying to become a real estate broker. I would have flashcards in my apron. And every time my tables were good, I would study those flashcards and memorize them. I eventually passed, got my uh, real estate license, and I cut everything off. I cut both of those jobs off. I gave them my two weeks notice, left, got into real estate. Very quickly, I became the top broker in Charlotte uh, with Keller Williams. At that time, I was so intrigued with business, mergers, acquisitions. Why is a company file for bankruptcy? I want to know what was that turning point to make them say, I need to file for chapter 11. What was it? And so I always try to dive deep into it. Uh, so I built a, a small team uh, with Keller Williams. I then merged that with the number one team in the Carolinas. We were also number fourth in the world by unit count. When I did the merger, they're around 92 to 93 million in annual sales. And I found so many cracks in their foundation. And I begged and begged and begged to let me see the PL to give my opinion. Eventually, he said, look, kid, you're never going to give up. Here's the PL." So I combed through it and, and I, I gave him my opinion and he actually took it. And I was able to make him 46% profitable in a year and a half compared to their three years of being stagnant and no growth. We went from 92 million to 147 million wow. in annual sales. And I wow. felt like I hit a ceiling. I felt like I was hustling and I wasn't building wealth. So I went back to a game you and I played when we were younger called Monopoly. And I realized oh, yeah. you didn't broker real estate. You had to own the real estate. And the larger the building, the more cash flow. And that's how you win is by monopoly. Uh, monopoly. You're, you're multiplying those yep. buildings. So yep. I said, this is what I need to do in real life. I educated myself on the 08 market, realizing it was a huge single family uh, uh, crash. Multifamily was the strongest asset class and it, and it recovered the quickest. And I said, this is the asset class I'll be an expert in. 
I then educated myself listening to podcasts like yours, listening to podcasts like ours and reading books, YouTube videos. I connected with Joe Fairless, which is a, um, is a uh, well-known name in the industry. He had a private mentorship group that I find, I said, I want in, I will do whatever it takes to get in. I was able to get in and I scaled the business very quickly. Um, and I left brokeraging real estate. I do not broker real estate anymore. My licensing, uh, my licenses for both North and South Carolina have expired. I don't plan on getting them again. Um, so I left that cold turkey. I put my back against the wall. I jumped into multifamily. Within seven months, we acquired a little over 40 million, 364 units. I then knew I need to build out my team, the foundation of this company, very strong for the growth I want it to have. From there, I hired key individuals. We then, uh, COVID hit, um, put a damper on the deal flow. So I even went deeper into those individuals with their knowledge, mindset, making sure we're all aligned. We acquired a deal fourth quarter of last year, uh, which within two years puts us a little over 55 million and two, uh, excuse me, 55 million and 500 units. This year, we are on track to, to hit around 100 million assets under management, uh, which will probably bring us around uh, 400 to 500 more uh, units in, in our portfolio. You know, Chris, that's, that's an amazing story. But the one thing that I keep hearing you do is you keep putting your back against the wall. You keep right. going all in. You keep giving yourself no option, no way out but success. Correct. And you know, I, I think that there's a lot of people that you will find that are that are uber successful like yourself Thank that you. do just that. Because you know, I I heard a study the other day that uh, the, the scientists they put these rats in water, right? And the mm -hmm. rat would tread water. Right before the rat would drown, they would take the rat out, and that. That first time was probably about 15 minutes. When they did it a second time, they let the rat rest for an hour. They did it a second time. The rat lasted Longer 60 time. hours. Wow. 60 hours because it had the hope, it had the knowledge, and it had the brain power that it could keep doing that this. Mindset. And, and you, my friend, are a person that exemplifies that. Not that Thank you're you. a rat. Not Thank that you. you're a rat. <laughs> Thank but you. putting your back against your wall and knowing that there is no way but forward You'll, you'll tear down the wall, you'll take down the obstacles, you'll invest in your people, you'll right. build That's your right. business from the bottom up, from the top down, you'll continue to perfect that so that when it comes time for you to exercise that and move forward, you're passionate about it, you're confident about it, you've got That's the key players in place. Man, that is, that is such a solid testimonial of how you're building intelligent business in, in this any market cycle. Yeah, and I love that, and, and I appreciate the kind words. One thing I want to really touch on is, is or it's a couple of things I want to touch on, is that uh, have you ever heard that saying, normally like 90% of the people who win the lottery lose all their money? Yeah. Why? Because they get comfortable. You have to be comfortable right. with being uncomfortable. And what yep. I mean by that is that those lottery winners will get $100 million in their bank account. They end up being comfortable, and then they go blow it all. If you ask me, and I was just on a, uh, an hour and a half long call this morning with a uh, couple, uh, I'm in a, a, a private networking group and we have a call once a week and we go over our financials or goals, holding us, uh, holding ourselves accountable. And, and when I went over it, they said, Chris, you only have like 20,000 in the bank. And I said, yes, in my personal bank account, I only have 20,000. Why? Because I'm telling myself I'm about to run out. I need right. to go. I need to find a deal. I need to gain the knowledge. I need to, to work on the business. I need to grow the business. But if I had a, a hundred million in the bank account, my mindset would be different. 
So yeah. I'm always trying to put myself into a position of where my back is against the wall and where I'm trying to make myself uncomfortable because that's where you actually see the growth in yourself, in your company, even in your personal life into relationships. You need to figure out how to make yourself uncomfortable so you can grow as an individual. And that's awesome. I, I, I would like to have an offline conversation with your better half to see how that makes her feel. Uh, and I know <laughs> I, I've seen the pictures of, of your, you know, your beautiful baby and everything that's going on in your personal life. And, you know, I know how, you know, we love that because we thrive on the, the do or die feeling of it. I, I know that, you know, they are, are the, the beautiful people in our lives don't always feel the same way, but, I agree. but, you know, we're in a, we're in a really weird spot because we've got some markets that have been trophy markets for years, LA, New York, San Francisco, you know, even Orlando, Florida is, is said to be struggling right now. We've got these trophy markets that are getting hammered and yet we've got tertiary markets that nobody's ever heard of that are exploding. So how do you really analyze and find out before you look at a deal, what markets do you want to be in? How are you, how are you taking that apart with everything that's changed in our world in the last 24 months? Yeah, great question. So I'm, luck, I'm, I'm very thankful and lucky. Uh, when I was creating QC Capital, QC stands for Queen City. Queen City is Charlotte, North Carolina. There's only two Queen Cities in the United States, and we and I, I've heard this. We fight back and forth. I believe it's Cincinnati, Ohio, and then it's uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, but QC stands for uh, Queen City, of, and, and we're headquarters here in Charlotte. When I was creating the company, I really sat down with myself, my mentor, my coach, and, and to analyze markets that I, I want to focus on heavily. And, and I told him, I said, why would I focus on any other markets except the Carolinas very heavily? It's very strong. I'm in one of the best financial markets. We're very diverse when it comes to employment, the low cost of living. Charlotte is flourishing. Raleigh, Greenville, South Carolina, Winston-Salem, Greensboro, Wilmington, North Carolina, Charleston, all markets that are flourishing. And so yeah. when it comes for us to analyze a market, we really go deep in the market. We want to see diversification in employment. Charlotte a lot of people don't know is actually the second biggest financial district in the United States after Manhattan. So if Manhattan goes down, what happens? It comes to Charlotte. S&P 500 has last year hinted that they are looking to relocate uh, their headquarters to either Charlotte or San Francisco with San Francisco sits number three. So yeah. uh, we're the second biggest financial district, but there's so much diversification in employment when it comes to large corporations, tech, uh, when it comes to medical, um, and, and the cost of living is low. So we'd like to see that when we look in these markets is what diversification is there. Uh, you touched on New York. You touched on LA. I love LA. I love New York, and especially Manhattan. I love those cities to visit. Will I ever own real estate? Probably not. Why? Because they're super tenant friendly. They can care less about the landlords. Uh, the taxes are outrageous, and the yeah. numbers just don't make sense to own for our firm. So uh, we really like to see uh, landlord-friendly states, tax-friendly states. Where are people moving to? And if you look at the migration, everyone's moving to the southeast, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Florida, uh, Georgia, Tennessee, the Carolinas. That's where everybody's flocking to. Why? Low, low cost of living. Taxes are phenomenal. Uh, and, and the jobs and, and the, the, the employment growth is unbelievable because they're getting so much tax incentives. Uh, and right. they don't want to deal with these large corporation taxes that, that these other states are uh, putting on. So we mainly focus heavily in the Carolinas, Atlanta, and then the major cities in Florida, which is Orlando, Tampa, South Florida, and uh, Jacksonville. 
uh, and, and we analyze those based off of uh, the, the state, the city, um, the, low, um, the low unemployment, the low cost of living, and where the jobs are moving to. So when you talk about asset class, are you only in multifamily? At the moment, we are in multifamily, uh, and, and we have a strong focus on multifamily. We have looked into some hospitality and some self-storage, but at the moment, we are strictly heavily in multifamily. There is also a division I'm slowly creating, which is a VC division, so it will be venture capital for early round startups. Um, so that is still, that's far on the horizon, um, but we are mainly strictly multifamily. You know, and, and I would assume that your, your focus on hospitality and, and self-storage is just because it complements so well Correct. into multifamily. So when you've done the market study of a particular market, uh, Atlanta, you can see all the things that are necessary. And if you're needing multifamily, then when that fills, you're going to need mini storage. And then when that fills, you're going to need, you know, those that come and visit, those that just moved here. And so it all kind of plays together. So you're kind of streamlining your, your, uh, your due diligence in a way by, by staying in those uh, asset classes that are kind of vertically aligned. But what is, what is the importance of, of how we look forward into our multifamily market with everything that's changing, the migration that's moving everywhere. We're seeing prices drop in, you know, LA, we're seeing prices drop, rents drop in New York. We're seeing the fruits of these landlord unfriendly states uh, driving landlords out uh, and even driving tenants out because oh, of, sure. of landlords not taking care of the properties. If you're not getting rent, all of a sudden there's that backlash. There's yeah. all these things. Um, where do you see that being as far as what will stay strong and what will keep that strength there in those in those emerging markets? Ooh, that's a that's a. Um... Uh, that's a great I don't question. like to make it easy on you, Chris. I, I, I don't get much of your time. And so when I do, I want to ask the hard <laughs> questions and, and get the good info out of you. So talking about those markets, I think, uh, I think to be honest with you, the government's going to have to come to realization. Uh, I just read that, for example, uh, Manhattan and Brooklyn, uh, landlords are proposing that um, after year one's rents, it can increase two to 4%. And after year two, it can increase six to 7%. So I think they're going to have to come to realization that um, you, you can't really point the finger and call them, call these landlords a slumlord because they're not getting the revenue and, and the numbers don't make sense. This is a numbers business. It's not a relationships or a feelings business. It's all about the numbers. So for those, those states that are, you know, tenant friendly and that are having rent, uh, rent control and rent restrictions, it's, it's going to be extremely difficult for those properties to, um, to be very nice for landlords to go in and fix them up, do a value add because they're not going to be able to increase their rents. A caveat is, is that, Hey, Maybe with these, uh, maybe with these uh, states that are really tenant friendly, why don't you offer more of a tax advantage to these landlords? Yeah, I'm sure if if I if I looked uh, if they made an announcement that if you start buying in Brooklyn, New York, L.A., Oregon, Seattle, you know, um, over there on the West Coast, and you are now going to be at a, a 75% tax advantage now. Right. That would spark my gonna, interest. Yeah, you're going to have to do something because, it, like you said, it's a numbers game for why, sure. Why did Tesla move to Austin? They weren't getting the they weren't getting the benefits. Yeah, Austin Austin said, "Hey Tesla, we'll offer you better benefits in California." What does Elon well, says? Let's go. Absolutely, come on down. 
You know, the other thing, too, about California is, you know, that 1.8 million people pay 46 percent of that state income tax. That's a 38 million people. Eight, and 1.8 million write 46 percent of the check. That means that the average check writer in that state on that 1.8 million is writing a check for 100 grand. That's the average. That means you got a lot more people that are writing a lot higher one. But the reality is what happens when 100,000 of those guys move out? Yep. Ratchet up on the rest of them. And that's what New York is experiencing. That's what, you know, San Francisco is experiencing. Those are going to start to squeeze pretty hard. And then you're going to have people looking at, re- we see a lot of people in our market repositioning out of the West Coast at any cost to, to, to be ahead of what they feel is any cost. And, and, and the, the, the key is not to raise ca- taxes. In my opinion, people are like tax the rich tax. The rich. They're always going to find loopholes. Okay, guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're always going to find loopholes to, to make sure that they pay very little on taxes. And, and but do- why is that Chris? Why are they going to find the loopholes? It's because, because the guys that wrote the law have money. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and also because they 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 are going to want to keep growing their net worth, growing their income. And if you think about it, if you're taxing more people, then you're not going to be able to have enough money to go ahead and and to grow your business or to uh you know have your family live on things because you're paying all this money in taxes. Why right. why don't you lower the taxes? People maybe actually spend more money and it will help the economy flourish. Right. So yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. You know, and it's one of those cycles that, you know, when when things start going well, the economy starts going well, they always think that the answer is to raise the taxes and the economy slows down. It's one of those things. But but, you know, Chris, let's let's take this down to, you know, the the guy that's just looking to get involved. He doesn't know where to start. I mean, you know, you spent years in the marketplace getting to be a knowledgeable real estate professional and then you became you know, then you built QC Capital that now you're able to deploy on a massive scale. I mean, most people don't have the capacity to go out there and buy a hundred unit apartment complex or anything. How can people start getting investing in multifamily? Um, and and not the not that no money down. This isn't an infomercial. But how would you suggest someone gets involved with understanding the nuances that someone like yourself has learned? But is able to do that in a space that allows them to take advantage of some of the great opportunities that are in the market without a lot of the pitfalls and downfalls that trying to be self-educated can bring you. Oh, for sure. I would invest as an LP. And, and, and I, I tell I tell all investors this, invest as an LP to gain the knowledge, to, to see how- What is an LP? An LP is a limited partner. An LP invests passively. So depending on the deal, it may be a minimum of 50000 maybe a minimum of 100000 You invest passively into a deal. You'll receive a preferred return on an annual basis, uh, depending on the deal and the sponsor you invest with. And when you're receiving that, that, that return, you're also going to receive a turn on the back end, depending on the deal. Gain that education, not only about how you're receiving a return, how your communication is from that sponsor, but also read books, listen to podcasts like this podcast, which is phenomenal. You're already at a great start. Start educating yourself. You can have your money work for you while you're educating yourself. And then you can start to build those relationships with other GPs, which is a general partner who operates uh, and and, uh, controls the deal. And, And that's how you can start gaining that knowledge to see, hey, do I want to be an active investor? Which active mean is you're sitting on the GP side, you're operating the deal, you're doing the day-to-day, you're making sure the deal and the business strategy for that particular asset is, is running to where you guys penciled it in at, or 
Do I like being an LP investor, a limited partner where I'm investing passively and I'm just receiving a monthly check or quarterly check, depending on uh, the, the deal you invest in in the sponsorship group? Do I like that better? Which one makes sense for my family? Which one makes sense for my goals in life? So I always say that's something that you should ask yourself first is, what do I want? What does What is going to benefit the family? Is it going to be active? Is it going to be passive? Uh, because people always, uh, I met with a family office this morning and he was telling me how this one deal is a hotel conversion and they're going to get like 150% IRR, like outrageous. And I said, that's great, but that's what people hear. And they're like, I want in, I want in. And that's not how real estate is. Real right. estate is, is, is difficult. It's not easy. You have to have a positive, a strong mindset to get through things. You have high, high highs and very low, low lows. So you need to make sure you built your education with listening to podcasts, reading books, YouTube videos before you dive into it. And I always say invest passively because you're having your money make you money while you're gaining the education. You know, and that's a great point. One of the things that a lot of people don't consider also, Chris, is that you have value in what you do every day. You are a trained professional. You know, I've got, I've got doctors and dentists and lawyers involved with, with some of my stuff that, you know, they're making great money, right? Okay. They have no tax advantages. They have no additional time. They don't want to be involved. A lot of people look at it and go, the only reason I would get involved in a syndication is to then become a syndicator. But the truth is there's so many people, and I'm sure you have them in your group, that they just want to, they, they, they want you to deal with the tenants, the toilets, and the trash, right? Yep. Just send me my check, send me my depreciation, send me the benefits of real that's estate it. without yeah. any of that. And that's such an important thing for people to realize that you don't have to go full tilt into wholesaling a deal that you're now going to renovate, that you're then going to put the permanent financing on. You don't have to do all those things. There's people like yourself out there. And Chris, I'm going to assume that if I'm going to be able to get involved in one of your deals and I'm going to be able to get some education from your staff, from your team that says, mm -hmm. hey, this is the deal. How did you guys underwrite that? Well, we looked at these economic indicators and we, here's our source of information from this. You're going to probably open up your books after the investment, right? Yeah. So that we can, we can build a better real estate community of intelligent investors that are going to make the right kind of choices that are going to do the kind of things that they hope real estate's going to do, right? You no, know, you're right. And, and that is one reason why I haven't launched it yet, but we will be launching a book towards the end of May, which is called the Multifamily Investor Booklet. This booklet will explain everything from acquiring a deal, um, what questions to ask sponsors, how does the debt work? How is operating a deal? What does IRR mean? What does uh, uh, cash on cash mean? How to calculate it? So you can get that basic understanding. And we're also throwing in on that book, uh, the top 50 questions you should ask a GP team or a sponsorship team who's presenting you the deal so you can better understand them, better feel comfortable with them and also the investment. So it's, it's very important to gain that knowledge because the more knowledge you have about it prior to investing, the more powerful it will be. So you can say, well, I don't feel comfortable with this because I feel like you are calculating your exit cap at five basis points uh, per year compared to 10 in that market's not providing that at the moment. Right. So justify that instead and of just for saying, those of here's you that, that need an interpretation on what he just said for basis <laughs> points. We will keep you tuned in on when that book's going to be available so that you can get it. And it will explain to you, well, this is yes. the teaser we'll throw out there for you guys. We're not going to explain what he just said to you. You're going to have to get his book so that you'll be able to understand that because there is so much, Chris. And I, I love the fact that, you know, not only have you done this work and are you continuing to do it, but you want to continue to educate, you know, you have, 
always made it clear in every conversation we've ever had about the need for uh, syndicators of people that are raising capital to, to be educators as well. And yep. you've done a phenomenal job of bringing Thank that you. to the marketplace because you want to make sure that you, the people that are investing with you are, are happy, they're, they're comfortable, they understand what's going on, you know, and that creates a better investment environment for everybody. Oh, 100%. And, and if I can, if I can pour the knowledge into them and, and have them gain that type of education, I mean, it, it means a lot because on that next deal, it's going to be more fluid and, and it's not going to have, uh, it's not going to cost a ton of time to, to basically teach someone something new. You know, they're already going to have the education. They're going to feel comfortable. They're going to understand it and how it flows compared to if you just jump straight in. If I jump straight into uh, software engineering about computers, uh, <laughs> you're going to have to spend two weeks with me. Right. But right. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to refer to you. I'm going to call you up, say, hey, my Google account won't work. What do I do? <laughs> Instead of, you know, trying to figure it out myself. Um, right. So it, it takes time. And if, if I can help those investors out there limit that time so they can make great decisions um, on if it's even with us, if it's with you, if it's with another sponsor and, and make great decisions where they said, oh, I remember reading that in that book. Or I remember Chris saying that. And, and wow, I, I see that and I don't feel comfortable with that investment. Um, so that's what yeah. I'm trying to do. And, and that's what we do as a company. Well, and you've done a great job of that and continuing to put out information. And, and uh, we will, we, we do want to be the first ones to know when that book comes out so that we can put I'll it out to our, our listeners as well, because that's, that's important, you know, always being able to put good information out there. Well, Chris, it's been a blast to have you on the show. It's great to catch up with you. Uh, I want to thank you for being with us today. Thank and you. Uh, thank you for tuning into the Real Estate Rundown. Tell us where we can find you. Where can everybody find you on the World Wide Web? Yeah, uh, you can go directly to our website, qccapitalgroup.com. And on there, you'll be able to see a little investor form. You can fill out that investor form. Our team will go ahead and take it. We'll be able to set up a 15-minute call with you to see if we are a good fit to work together. Also, if uh, end of May, uh, you'll be able to go to our website and there'll be a link out there. Uh, we'll also share that. Uh, as well with everybody, but there'll be a link out there to get our book. So around end of May, check it out. You'll be able to see that link on our website to go ahead and get that book. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Real Estate Rundown on Podchaser, Spotify, and iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast to get automatic updates. You'll also find us on Instagram and YouTube. Leave us a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. And again, like Chris said, if you're looking on where you can find him, he's on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and he will be here. We will have that link for you to get straight to his book. So guys, thank you for joining us on today's show. Chris, again, hats off to you. All the success you. you've had, all the future success you and your company will create because of your mindset and your ability and willingness to give back to the community. I love it, man. Good thank to have you. you.